This is the Data Privacy Detective, and this day we're taking a trip to East Asia, to Taiwan, and with us this morning is John Eastwood. John, thank you for being my guest today. That's a great pleasure. Now, John, uh, you're a partner, a lawyer in the uh, Iger firm based in Taipei, uh, and you head up the firm's technology and IP practice in uh, Taiwan uh, and uh, in the PRC. Uh, and, and I take it you've worked with everything from very small startup companies to very large multinationals on their issues in, in greater China, correct? Oh, yes, that's right. And your work uh, is very central to personal data protection uh, with the global IT, telecoms, e-commerce, and uh, social media giants. And uh, John, Taiwan uh, is, is often overlooked in the great battle between the two great world superpowers, the United States and, uh, and uh, the People's Republic of China, but uh, there it sits. And, uh, you know, it surprised me, you sent me some notes, that Taiwan really has been ranked among the four Asian tigers that have been growing so enormously, the others being South Korea, Singapore, and Hong Kong, really part of greater China. And I, that's the space in which you deal. Uh, for, for how many years you've been doing this? Well, I've been here for, you know, 20 years. I, you know, stayed on this stint. Uh, I lived in Beijing before, back in the 1990s, right after law school. But uh, I'd say, you know, 20 years. And you're also an Ohio lawyer. So you've, you've really seen and understood both sides of the uh, U.S. Uh, greater China set of issues, and there are plenty of them. But today we're going to really focus on the, uh, uh, the, the privacy space. Now, Hong Kong has had its issues, let's just say, uh, we're recording this in December 2020. Uh, and so uh, how should we look at Taiwan? Is, is it a bridge now? Is it a safe harbor for Americans and Europeans? Or how, how do you view Taiwan right now in this uh, tug and pull between uh, China and the West? It's a fascinating thing because on one hand, uh, you have Taiwan as this place with, uh, you know, approximately, depending on the estimates, 1,500 or 1,900 um, Chinese, you know, PRC uh, missiles aimed at it. And recently, over the past few months, we've had nearly daily incursions uh, into the air defense identification zone around Taiwan by, um, you know, PLA Air Force. Uh, planes, you know, they're you know bombers and anti-sub planes and fighter planes and all sorts of things. And they keep throwing these things up. And so, on one hand, you have this bizarre situation of an extremely adversarial situation on a military front. Um, but how about but, commerce? Does business go on? Yes, <laughs> yes, it does. It does. It's like and Taiwan is the single biggest investor into the PRC. Um, you know, uh, you know of, of of money and technology and managerial expertise and and you know companies like Foxconn, uh, Taiwanese company Foxconn, employs over a million PRC workers in its factories and it's estimated uh, about four or five million PRC workers work for Taiwanese companies and and uh, the footprint you know because already within Taiwan um, you know they already have sixty about sixty six percent. Of the uh, you know the global semiconductor uh, share Six, of the market, two thirds of the semiconductor business, and a lot of it sold to China, also to the United States. And uh, a lot to the U.S. because Silicon Valley and Taiwan is so tight on that, and a lot with Europe as well. So you know, a lot of the European companies that used to make chips have started moving that manufacturing or have moved that manufacturing 
to Taiwan. Um, and you even see in China, like companies like SMIC, uh, uh, the uh, Shanghai uh, Semiconductor Manufacturing uh, Corporation uh, over there is, is a, you know, was set up by Taiwanese. And, and there's a lot of even interaction on that level with, with Taiwanese making high-tech and electronic products and laptops and uh, mobile phones and things like that. Uh, just in massive numbers in China. So they, they have a big piece of the action. Uh, for a country that's fairly small, we have the same population, say, you know, we're uh, geographically, we're, we're extremely small. But About population 20, 25 million, 25 million people? Yes. It, it's kind of like Australia. Yeah, similar, similar size uh, uh, population, certainly not geography. I think uh, Taiwan's one of the most yes. dense, <laughs> densely populated places in the world. But let's talk a bit about data. Uh, are there data centers? Is that a thriving industry in Taiwan? And are you seeing uh, European and U.S. and, uh, for that matter, PRC companies coming to China, uh, coming to Taiwan, excuse me, uh, for data center purposes? These days, especially with the increase in hostility and what's going on with Hong Kong, that's had a huge impact, uh, you know, I believe, in this sector. Because uh, now, for example, Google, uh, you know, they already had two data centers going on. And they just, you know, back in September, they announced they're going to have a third one coming up over in Elon, which is kind of on the northeast coast. Uh, you know, Microsoft in uh, late October just announced another massive, massive cloud computing center that they're going to put into Taiwan. and we're seeing one of the, this is sort of like when I first arrived to Taiwan 20 years ago, there was this big race to bring in these undersea fiber optic cables into Taiwan, which were going to massively improve the internet connection to the rest of the world. And now uh, I believe Taiwan's up to about nine of these cables and it's so well connected. But from a security standpoint, um, you know, the US Department of Justice and a lot of other organizations, uh, they're looking at, uh, from a standpoint of national security, not routing. Uh, using cables that go to Asia in Hong Kong, not now, right? Not right now. And so they want to connect through Taiwan. And Taiwan's seen as a, it's a democracy. They have their a fairly stable uh, legal scheme. They have, um, you, know, uh, um, you know, great respect for human rights and for other things. And we have a lot of uh, clients who, who use Taiwan because they believe of it as, a, as being a secure place, a uh, place with a, uh, where they can count on you know, rational decisions being made uh, about the data that's being kept on their customers around the world. So one may say Taiwan is uh, maybe a hedge uh, against what might or might not happen within the People's Republic uh, to data of companies and individuals. So something like that, a hedge and maybe even a, a leading data, data center if you want to be outside of the PRC. Interesting. Very yes, interesting. Yes, I think job. so. Because yeah. anything that goes into China, kind of, you know, uh, the Chinese will have access to. And, and of course, um, there's a lot of rules that the Chinese have about, you know, where, about their citizens' data being processed and being kept in China. Well, um, and it's and so clearly China has adopted a data localization approach. Uh, so the data is part of the the kind of net worth, if you will, of, of the People's Republic and very different from uh, the U.S. Uh, position on data or for that matter, the European. Well, let's talk about Taiwan's approach. Let's say there's a, a Western company that wants to have an Asian uh, 
set of servers and data center and so on. Uh, how does Taiwan approach it? Is it data localization that you can't you can't uh, let data out of the country or or the opposite? Give us just a little bit about the data, personal data privacy approach that Taiwan is taking. Taiwan has actually been pretty flexible about letting data go out. Um, again, the, can, the big caveat on that is, is uh, you know, there may be concerns raised if the data is going to end up in the PRC. And certainly um, there's been a couple of minor rulings, uh, you know, I think in the telecoms industry is one of them um, for not sending data out to the PRC. But, uh, you know, Taiwan actually, you know, they, they have a, a very flexible system in which only if they object to it, only if the, you know, the ministry or the authority that's involved you know, chooses to object to it, or if somebody files a complaint and gets the, um, you know, the ministry to object to it, are they going to issue a ruling to say no? Um, but, you know, generally we, we also say like, well, to stay on the safe side of that, I mean, you should follow the same kinds of practices that, that are indicated in the, in the, both in the law and, and you know, I think is common sense. Uh, we see this in a lot of systems, which is the idea of not sending data to places that don't have good protections for data. Okay, and uh, just to take uh, the United States, the U.S., of course, is not considered an equivalently protective environment by the European Union. Uh, how does Taiwan view the United States in terms of data transfers and uh, that sort of thing? I, you know, and I realize that the Europeans are very, you know, very, very strict on these things. So, you know, Taiwan is, uh, when it comes to the United States, is a lot more liberal about about that. Um, I think the bigger concern would be if data went to a jurisdiction. Um, a few years ago, in particular, there were a few where they didn't have any laws and they didn't have any court rulings and, and the concept of, uh, you know, privacy and, and data protection just weren't in certain legal systems. And I think that with most developed systems having realized that the bread is buttered on having protections that allow them to do business with Europe and with the rest of the world. There's kind of been a, a little bit of um, you know, gradual harmonization uh, of, of expectations and, and protections, but the United States is okay as far as Taiwan's concerned. Okay, well, good to hear from the United States point of view. And just in general, if you had to say between the GDPR, the European approach, and the U.S. approach, much more flexible, uh, except maybe for medical and financial data. Uh, does Taiwan more like the GDPR or more like the U.S. in general? I realize there are differences. Taiwan started out like the U.S. a bit, you know, because there was, you know, the earlier version of the law was just focused on uh, financial and medical sectors. And so all of our clients in the old days were a pharma companies approach. and banks. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Similar to and, the U.S., and they, yeah. well, they broadened it massively. They broadened it so much in uh, uh, in the past five years. So in 2015, they changed the law, and uh, you know they. I, I would generally say, um, when we get um, policies that are sent to us by European Council, and in their case, their GDPR compliant, and we'll actually see that um, if we just go through our checklists, um, you know, for the things that are required under Taiwan law, a GDPR compliant one will hit almost every single one of the things that's required for disclosure and for how uh, data should be treated and when people make requests. The one kind of difference that we do see is uh, on uh, the timing, the response timing. If uh, somebody comes and asks to uh, review or amend or delete or something like that, uh, Taiwan's a little faster than the Europeans on that. Um, 
you know, but uh, there are certain other concepts where Taiwan is, uh, you know, not as persnickety, and they, and in terms of certain defined terms, um, you know, Taiwan is is, uh, you know, certain things which are defined terms within the GDPR uh, concepts. Uh, Taiwan is not as persnickety about those and leaves them leaves them undefined. Well, John, thank you for taking us on a tour here of, of Taiwan and its future. Is a, certainly it's a data powerhouse. Uh, Two thirds of uh, semiconductor material, you know, out of a country of 25 million people. Or it, uh, and uh, congratulations on its its growth. I think we'll see an upsurge, is what you're telling us, in more and more use uh, by Western uh, uh, companies uh, in uh, in the data center field. And uh, whether it's a bridge between uh, the PRC and the rest of the world or has a bit of a toll gate as to personal data, so it's more protective, is I think the, what you're communicating. Uh, it sounds like Taiwan has a great history uh, to follow ahead of it. So thank you for joining us. Any last tip you would give to a Western company uh, that may look at Taiwan as a place to uh, uh, for a data center or IT work? Well, it, Taiwan's a very secure place that very much respects, uh, you know, um, human rights, and you know, it has a lot of very rational approaches to uh, these things. So it's become a very easy place to do business. And I think, you know, one of the advantages that we've had from not having to be locked down during the COVID nineteen situation, knocked on wood, uh, that we're still able to do that. But um, uh, you know the, the the use of home offices, um, you know, and, and remote work and everything else uh, that's been going on throughout the world um, has made data centers and cloud computing extremely important. And I think uh, you know wisely, you know, we have a very tech savvy government right now uh, that has embraced that very strongly and understands the importance of of giving um, you know foreign companies uh, from outside Taiwan a chance to you know. To, to work with Taiwan and, and uh, to do so really effectively. And it's become a, a pretty good place as a, as a regional headquarters as well. It's, uh, uh, you know, Singapore and Hong Kong have been dominant for a long time, uh, but we've noticed that, uh, you know, Taiwan's been getting, attracting in quite a few companies that, uh, that are doing some pretty cool things running their Asia operations out of Taiwan. Well, where data is absolutely critical. Well, John, thanks so much. Uh, best wishes to you. And uh, as I close every podcast, remember, protecting your personal data begins with you. <laughs>